edition of With All Due Respect. Strong opinions on politics, life, and entertainment. Welcome to another episode of With All Due Respect, the podcast that reminds you not to wet your hair less than 24 hours after you get a perm, or you'll risk deactivating the ammonium thyglocalate. Greetings, I am Al Woods, your host for this Bend and Snap podcast. With me as always is my chief collaborator, my co-host with the most, my Paulette Bonafonte, Mr. Van Sanders. Mr. Sanders, winter doth knock on our door, sir. Are ye prepared to answer? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I do love fall. I think everybody loves fall. And the smell of the woods in the fall, it's incredible. Um, I can't say I'm much of a winter lover, but I'm trying to approach it different this year and just uh, go with it. Yeah. Oh, man, I miss those morning fall walks around downtown. The air would be so crisp. Ah, the first days of peacoats and scarves. Couple of guys owning the world. One parking ticket at a time. Yeah. All right. As always, I'd like to thank the Anchorage Daily News for hosting this podcast on their platform and remind listeners that the very strong opinions you hear are those of mine and mine alone and in no way, shape, or form represent the opinions of the Anchorage Daily News or their employees. Today on With All Due Respect, straight politics in a politics chaser. In local politics, Rome was not built in a day, but it certainly burned in one. While COVID continues to overwhelm Anchorage hospitals, and the Anchorage Daily News has been compelled to fact-check COVID information, including that from Mayor Dave Bronson, a few hours is all it took for a rowdy group to start fires of anti-Semitism, homophobia, and rage, all while Mayor Dave Bronson waved from his veranda. We'll talk about the crowd. We'll talk about the response Mayor Bronson received from the community due to his words and his actions. In state politics, last week, Governor Mike Dunleavy published a defense of his COVID response on the very day the state of Alaska, wait for it, became the global leader in COVID case rates. So we walk through the governor's claims in his COVID column and we find ourselves tripping over some obvious holes. And in closing comments, this is not who we are. This is a small group, a coordinated group, a group being fed and led by Mayor Bronson and Assemblymember Jamie Allward because the campaign fight will never, ever end for them. Make no mistake, what happened is not who we are. It's who they are. Now, button up your peacoats and tie your scarf, and let's talk some politics. Politics. And now, for some politics. Last week, the Anchorage Assembly began hearings on a proposed mask mandate. Alaska continues to lead the nation in new COVID cases. 20 hospitals are now rationing care, while cries for mitigation efforts have fallen on deaf ears. Now, I want to break this down into two parts. First, I want to talk about the circus, and then I want to talk about the ringmaster. Now, you might remember two weeks ago when Mayor Dave Bronson held a COVID pep rally in the assembly chambers. Well, that was just a warm-up exercise for the main event last week. Bronson's group was well-rehearsed, color-coordinated, and all of them spoiling for a fight. Then Tuesday night came. 
for three nights a collection of some of the worst human beings this fair city has to offer. They showcased their anger and ignorance, which became more bizarre as the testimony proceeded. I could spend an entire show on the individual characters that comprise three nights of an absolute circus, but that's tedious for me and boring for you. Instead, I'm going to channel the only person I know who can accurately describe the three nights at the assembly. If you're looking for a twisted Tuesday night, Anchorage's hottest club is Delta Dave's COVID Cabana. Located in the assembly chambers, this club has everything. Anti-maskers, anti-Semites, homophobes, a redneck carrying a concealed weapon, and that's just in the lobby. Inside, you'll find a pineapple-headed man making anti-Semitic gestures, a woman who randomly belts out Christina Aguilera, and an 80-year-old grandmother who sits in the front row making symbols of the Holocaust. Now, seriously, that, in my opinion, was an accurate synopsis. It was like a bizarre casting call where every audition was worse than the next. The cast starred primarily white baby boomers who were viciously angry, with some resorting to anti-Semitic taunts, homophobic slurs, and cultivating just a nasty mob mentality. And I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, watching some of these folks, man, wearing a mask is the least of their worries. Many of those people should have been wearing muzzles. Look, I'm a big fan of public opinion and the public process, but this was theater pure, unadulterated political theater. Each person seemed to get more objectionable. Speakers began trying to top the previous speaker like it was some kind of weird contest. Some speakers began looking back at the crowd when they were speaking as if to to raise the temperature of the room instead of trying to make civilized arguments in a civilized forum. It was like it was like three solid nights of the walk-off scene in the movie Zoolander, where one speaker, like right after another, was like, I'm going monk, man. I'm totally going monk. I mean, the only thing that put an end to this insane show was the clock. Now, I'm gonna be a little cheeky, but how cool would it have been if all the assembly members had scorecards and got to rank each speaker? I mean, how awesome would that have been? Can you imagine the television ratings? I mean, I, I can see Suzanne LaFrance leaning into the mic while she's holding up a big four. Uh, hi, yeah, uh, look, uh, I thought it had a good beat and was easy to dance to, but thought the shark teeth in eating babies was way over the top. Um, however, uh, good energy, good energy. I mean, I'm telling you, that would have made for some good television. By the way, the podcast thought Suzanne LaFrance did an amazing job chairing those meetings. I mean, I, I, I would never have the patience. After 20 minutes of listening to those idiots, I'd be going all Al Pacino like in Scent of a Woman. I'd be like, if you people don't just sit the hell down, I'll take a flamethrower to this place. But thankfully, Suzanne LaFrance really held it together. Her patience was amazing. All right, so that's the audience at the circus. How about the ringleader, Mayor Dave Bronson? Well, Mayor Bronson's handling of three nights of testimony made national news. The Washington Post, the New York Times, Newsweek, all the biggies. National media attention covered at a time when Alaska leads the nation in COVID cases. The mayor of Alaska's largest city was defending the use of a Holocaust symbol to protest a mask mandate. Mayor Bronson sat through two nights of angry, abusive testimony from his supporters who were co-opting a symbol from arguably the worst human tragedy in modern history to make a political point. And he said nothing. 
Never once did he try to intervene as the crowd got out of hand. In fact, he doubled down on the second night. On Wednesday night, Bronson publicly defended the use of the Star of David by his supporters. Ladies and gentlemen, this was not an off-the-cuff defense. This was a clear, thought-out, and reasoned defense. He not only defended his supporters for using the Star of David, but he explained their motivation and then wove in a twisted interpretation to justify their actions. If you think about his words, they were clearly and thoughtfully composed. This was not an off-the-cuff defense. Here is his exact quote when defending his supporters using the Star of David. Quote, We've referenced the Star of David quite a bit here tonight, but there was a formal message that came out within the Jewish culture, and that message was, never again. That's an ethos, and that's what the Star really means is, we will never forget, this will never happen again. And I think us borrowing that from them is actually a credit to them, Bronson said. Now, I am one of those recovering politicians who believes words mean everything. So let's look at Bronson's words and critique them as a critical thinker would. His defense begins, We've referenced the Star of David quite a bit here tonight, but there was a formal message that came out within the Jewish culture. Okay, we open with a minimalization. The Star of David hasn't been referenced. It's been used as an actual prop that he was defending. The mayor continues, but there was a formal message that came out within the Jewish culture. Okay, here we're going to mix in some patronization. The Anglo-Saxon who attends a Baptist church is going to educate us about Jewish culture in the meaning of the Star of David. He continues, and that's what the star really means is, we will not forget, this will never happen again. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, context is everything. It's safe to say, never forget means never forget about the horrific loss of Jewish life, the attempt to extinguish an entire race of human beings, and the generation of loss and pain that will never end. But finally, Bronson's last line was his most telling. And I think us borrowing that from them is actually a credit to them. He uses the word us, us borrowing that from them. Not they are borrowing that from them, but us. His use of the word us means he clearly counts himself among those he was defending. Now, the only opinion that matters on this issue, to me anyways, are the members of the Jewish community. So what did they say? Rabbi Yosef Greenberg of the Alaska Jewish Campus said, This is disrespect to victims, survivors, the Jewish community, and the community as a whole. So facing blowback for his defense of using the symbol, the next day Bronson released a statement saying he should have chosen his words more carefully. He said his words were poorly chosen. Ladies and gentlemen, in fact, his words were completely and carefully chosen. Bronson offered a clear-spoken endorsement of his supporters and then offered a clearly-spoken defense of the tactic while including himself by saying us. I've been in politics a long time, and you can't walk back from the edge of the cliff if you've already jumped. Now, politicians sometimes make off-the-cuff comments. Sometimes they say them in the heat of the moment or when they think they're in confidence. For instance, here are a few recent examples. In Boston, a state legislator said at a fundraiser that he didn't want to leave his car outside too long for fear it would be stolen. In Maryland, a city councilman said police officers work in Baltimore but dare to live outside it are raping the city. And finally, in Australia, a local mayor said when talking about the evacuation plans, 
You wouldn't want to put a Chinese next to someone who's got a cat. You know, she might be breakfast. As you can hear, all of these are off-the-cuff or extemporaneous comments. It certainly doesn't make them sound any less objectionable. However, Bronson's comments were not off-the-cuff. His comments were not something extemporaneous like, it's a free country or some other cry of liberty. Bronson offered a clear explanation of his understanding of why his supporters were wearing the star and then offered a full-throated defense. And then he sat there for hours and watched his supporters disrespect a symbol that was disrespectful for them to use in the first place. Never once did Bronson appeal for calm. In fact, here is his own words describing his failure to contain his supporters. Monday, I asked people to be calm, and they did for a while, and then they didn't. So the guy sits through two nights of abusive behavior, two nights of no attempt to control or correct behavior, two nights of no attempt to lead by example, and it was only after the Jewish community expressed outrage, only after the public expressed outrage, including U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski, who took to the Senate floor to call the actions of Bronson supporters shocking. Only after all that did Bronson apologize, and then he apologized for any quote-unquote perception of wrongdoing. Ladies and gentlemen, where do you think this perception would come from? It came from Bronson's own words, which intentionally created the perception. That was the entire point. By borrowing existing symbolism, he and his supporters were making a direct comparison between the plight of his supporters in the proposed mass mandate and the plight of the Jewish people during the Holocaust era. The fact is Mayor Bronson aided and abetted his angry and ignorant supporters by co-opting a symbol that represents arguably the worst human tragedy in modern history, which has resulted in generations of loss and pain. And then he defended it. But then... Proving he had the power all along to tame his rabid supporters, it stopped as fast as it started. After Bronson's forced apology on Thursday afternoon, there wasn't a single yellow star in the assembly chambers on Thursday night, which shows that Mayor Dave Bronson could have turned down the temperature of his supporters at any given time. Ladies and gentlemen, there are moments of opportunity for every elected official, moments of opportunity to do the right thing, Moments of opportunity to be the adult in the room. Mayor Bronson had several moments of opportunity to do the right thing, and yet he seized none of them. A year ago, Dave Bronson was the head cheerleader outside of the building stoking angry and ignorance. Today, Mayor Dave Bronson is the head cheerleader inside of the building still stoking anger and ignorance. Ladies and gentlemen, we've simply relocated the brawlers from the outside of the assembly chambers to the inside of the assembly chambers. Ninety days into Mayor Dave Bronson's term, and we are all exhausted. Exhausted from the drama, from the dereliction, from the cronyism, from the shady deals, from the self-inflicted wounds, and from the deep divisions he's already brought to Anchorage with 90% of his term still to serve. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Bronson promised Anchorage voters a new direction. Well, I guess this is it. Last Friday, Governor Mike Dunleavy published an op-ed defending his handling of the COVID pandemic. The piece, entitled Facts Matter on Alaska's COVID Response, Dunleavy argued the state was doing an excellent job with response and his critics were playing politics with the pandemic. Hmm, pandemic politics. 
Now, on the same day, on the same day, Governor Dunleavy claimed all was fine and concerns about COVID were just the nattering nabobs of negativity. Alaska's COVID surge became the worst in the entire world. If Alaska were a country, it would be the nation with the world's highest per capita rate of infections. Today, 20 different hospitals and care facilities in Alaska are rationing care due to the overwhelming surge of COVID patients. Dunleavy, writing in his own defense, says he's done a lot and proceeds to list, well, none of them are really worthy of claiming credit for. I mean, listen to some of these gems. Dunleavy touts Alaska has the third lowest death rate among U.S. states for COVID-19-associated cases. Well, just this past week, as this article was being published, Alaska had the highest death rate in the nation with 11.4 deaths per 100,000 people. In addition, this ignores other data points like hospital intensive care unit capacity and current case rates, which are at all-time highs. Next, Dunleavy touts that Alaska early on led the nation in COVID-19 vaccine rates. Look, I think there's something about resting on your laurels here, but we'll move on. Uh, You know, here's a perfect example. My beloved Red Sox early on led the division in wins, but not today. While we started strong, Alaska now ranks 35th in vaccination rates. And finally, Dunleavy claims our state protected its most vulnerable populations while others did not. Well, with all due respect to whoever wrote this for the governor, this is really just a throwaway line that's incredibly vague with no real basis in which to validate your claim. The bottom line is Dunleavy is feeling the heat. Alaska has become America's COVID central, and like Bronson, he's blaming his political opponents. Here's the governor's quote. We have all heard the words from the naysayers and detractors, it's not enough. Enough is a code word for vaccines and mask mandates. No, Governor, it's not. And and that's the point you fail to grasp. I mean, why is there no middle ground with this guy? Just because Dunleavy doesn't support a mask mandate doesn't mean he can't support mask wearing. Just because Dunleavy doesn't support a vaccine mandate doesn't mean he can't support vaccines. Without mandates, he could publicly wear a mask and lead by example. He could encourage others to wear a mask when they're around him. He could be publicly visible, talking about the efficacy of the vaccine and how 88% of those hospitalized are unvaccinated. He could highlight the plight of overcrowded hospitals and the fact that almost every hospital in Alaska is rationing care. He could leverage federal COVID resources in the state's broad statewide reach to promote and provide financial incentives to encourage vaccines beyond what's, what's being offered today by the Chamber of Commerce. He could do a lot personally without mandates. The bottom line is the dude is just simply not interested. With his COVID response, Governor Dunleavy has done the bare minimum. His response reminds me of Peter Gibbons from the movie The Office Space. Yeah, Bob, I do just enough not to get fired. The fact that his claim to fame is six months ago, Alaska led the nation in vaccination rates for a brief period of time shows how little he has to claim for his pandemic handling. But that's pretty much the story of Governor Mike Dunleavy's entire three years in office. It's always the bare minimum with this guy. The minimum amount of honesty, the minimum amount of accountability, the minimum amount of effort, even when it comes to protecting Alaskans. If Alaska was a nation, the scoreboard would show our current COVID cases would lead the world. The scoreboard would show that 20 health facilities in Alaska are now operating under crisis standards of care. 
The scoreboard would show that Alaska is the global epicenter of an unchecked COVID surge with both a governor and a mayor out to lunch and apparently not coming back. Meanwhile, Governor Dunleavy is telling Alaskans he's on top of it and that he's always been on top of it. The COVID scoreboard doesn't lie, and the deadly virus doesn't give up. Unfortunately, that's not something you can say about Governor Mike Dunleavy, who holds the public health in his hands. Politics, life, entertainment. In closing comments today, last week's Assembly Circus showed what some of Mayor Bronson's supporters are made of. Anger, ignorance, and intolerance. But that's them. That is not Anchorage. This entire debacle was coordinated. The actors were prepped. The stage was set. It was a Bronson-Allard production, with Jamie Allard as the host. Allard appeared to know most testifiers. She would milk every last ounce of anger out of them with leading questions that would fire up the crowd. Hey, Mike, so do you hate mass or do you violently hate mass? Ladies and gentlemen, this was all well-rehearsed, and most of these people were acquainted with one another. For example, two of the most memorable characters from that horror show were Skip Myers, a local business owner, and Christine West, a self-described business doctor. Myers was widely photographed waving a yellow Star of David while he was taunting Assemblymember Forrest Dunbar, while West, when explaining why she was wearing the Star of David, said, and I quote, It's a pretty star. It's yellow. We're shining. Well, as it turns out, Myers the bully not only knows Wes personally, but according to his testimonial on her business website, the business doctor cured him from living a life doomed of, quote, drama, chaos, and resentment. Side note, the podcast thinks the guy needs to get a second opinion. But ladies and gentlemen, the point is this. This was all coordinated. This wasn't a random collection of residents who gelled into an angry anti-Semitic mob. These were well-chosen actors recruited and cultivated through that darkest space on the interwebs called Save Anchorage Facebook page. But make no mistake, this is a coordinated group of individuals who have been fed and led by Mayor Bronson and Assemblymember Jamie Allard and then given a large public stage to showcase their hostilities. Look, for the next three years, it is always going to be a zero-sum game with Allard and Bronson. But this is their mess. They own this. This is not Anchorage. And there is the music, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means. Unfortunately, our time is up for today. Remember, our podcasts are new every Thursday. Van, how about sending us your website details? Yep, you can visit my website at www.abodabobrand.com. There you can see some of my work. And uh, if you would like to put together a podcast or music for a podcast, I would love to help you out. You can reach out to me at my website, abodabobrand.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's our time, and we thank you for yours.